I want to just give some credit. Julie actually wrote um, this several years ago, and we just turned it into a four-person script. Um, she also did 90% of the slides. So. Um, so we're obviously taking a break from our study of Daniel, and we're looking at the story of Esther. And this story takes place um, after Daniel has died. Um, the characters would be one generation away from Daniel. So it is possible that Mordecai would have known Daniel since they both lived in the Persian capital of Susa. Um, Daniel's, end, Daniel's story ends with the reign of King Darius of the Persian Empire. That's around 500 B.C. And Esther's story starts around 480 B.C. So we are going to be celebrating the Jewish festival of Purim. So the Jews were, uh, they were all going to get killed, um, and they didn't. So they have a feast to celebrate. There's food, and then. Um, there's not actually food today, um, and there's a little more to it than that. <laughs> and the story has two heroes, and one is a girl, so. Okay, sounds cool. Yeah, but like no food. Yeah, that's the problem. But we're going to get to scream and holler. And we'll tell you about that in a few minutes. The story of Purim begins at a magnificent banquet held at the court of the Persian king Xerxes. You all remember the Persian Empire, right? It was big, really big. Yeah, totally. So in other words, this guy is the big cheese. Okay. Anyway, the week-long celebration was held in Susa, the ancient Persian city, which contained the winter palace of the king. And there are actually two separate banquets being held. So there's one for the king and his counselors and all the men of Susa, and then the other is being given by Queen Vashti for the women of the court and the nobility. All right, so I'm going to be uh, a little blunt. At this party, there was a lot of alcohol, a lot of drinking, and um, people were pretty intoxicated. Yeah, and after doing a lot of drinking, King Xerxes sent for the queen to appear before the men at his banquet. So this isn't like the, the, hero, the girl hero that we talked about before, but uh, Queen Vashti is noted for her beauty, and Xerxes wanted to show her off to the men of the city. That's not cool. No. But the Queen Vashti was from an ancient and noble lineage. She did not want to be paraded in front of a room full of drunken men. It was not a suitable thing for the queen to do. So she refused, and her refusal was a humiliation for the king. Uh-oh. Xerxes, embarrassed, was furious with her, with her failure to obey his command. His counselors told him that he owed it to the men of the kingdom to make an example of Queen Vashti because women cannot tell men what to do. Uh, when other Persian women heard how she had acted, they might treat their husbands with the same disrespect, which would destroy the empire. Uh, so Xerxes <laughs> issued a public decree that Vashti was to be banished. Her royal position would be given to one who was more worthy than she had proved to be. So a nationwide search for a new queen began. It would be a beauty contest. The prettiest girls in the land would be brought to Susa for 12 months of beauty treatments and live in the king's harem, and one of them would be chosen by the king to be the new queen. Okay, so good news. Uh, we're going to get to the yelling and screaming part now. So uh, there's three important people you need to listen for. So the first one is Esther. When you hear her name, you need to cheer. Yay. Woo! 
The second one is Mordecai. We're also going to cheer for him. Yay! And the third one is a bad guy named Haman. When you hear his name, boo or hiss. Boo. Okay. Yeah, okay. So anyway, a young Jewish girl was among the candidates. Her name, her Jewish name was Hadassah, and her Persian name was, get ready for it, Esther. Yay! She was an orphan raised by her older cousin, Mordecai, who loved her like a daughter. And before she left for the palace, Mordecai warned Esther not to tell anyone that she was Jewish. They were aliens. They were foreigners exiled in a foreign land. And she might be treated badly if anybody knew. So, uh, it's pretty important. Um, Esther was a pretty attractive woman. And uh, the guys that were running this whole thing, they were um, very impressed, to say the least. Mm -hmm. She was cool. When it was her turn to meet the king, he advised her on what to bring and what to say. Everyone loved Esther. The Bible says she found favor in the eyes of all who saw her. All includes the king. The king felt the same way. Out of all the beautiful women in the land, he chose Esther to be his new queen. He crowned her and gave a great banquet to celebrate. What's up with all the talk of food? Come on. I'm hungry. (laughs) Not long after her installation as queen, Esther's... Uncle Mordecai overheard two guards at the king's gate planning to assassinate the king. He told Esther, who in turn warned the king. The plotters were hanged and Mordecai, good deed, was recorded in the book of the Chronicles. Side note, this is not the book of Chronicles in the Bible. This is the uh, Persian royal records. Sounds boring. (laughs) It is. So, one of the king's most important administrators was a man named, get ready for it, Haman. He was a man of great influence and power, as the king gave him authority over all the princes in the kingdom. I'm getting some real Jafar vibes here. Everyone bowed down to him when he passed by the king's gate, except one person. Let me guess. Mordecai? Civil disobedience, y'all. Getting in good trouble. His refusal to bow was insulting, and it infuriated Haman. Some of the other men at the gate asked Mordecai why he would not bow down to Haman. He told him it was because he was a Jew. Yeah, he was pretty tough. When they reported this to Haman... His anger burned, not just against Mordecai, but against all the Jewish people in the land. He started a plot to have every Jew killed. To decide when it should happen, he cast lots called poor. Get it? Per? Poor? Like Purim? You know, the holiday we're all talking about? That's a bit of a stretch. Anyway, um, they indicated that it should happen on the 12th month in the month of Adar, nine months from then. 
Blah, blah, blah. That means March, y'all. <laughs> Haman <laughs> then went to the king and filled his mind with ideas about the Jews. He labeled them as different from the rest of the empire, who obeyed different laws, who were an actual danger to the king's reign. The Jews, said Haman, <laughs> must be eliminated for the good of the kingdom. Wow, this just got serious. And uncomfortably repeatable. Yeah. Getting some real Zeke Hyde vials from this, right from this guy. I don't like it. So the king fell for it, not having a clue that Esther, yeah. his queen, and Mordecai, yeah. the man to whom he owed his life, were both Jews. Come on, man. Get to know people. They agreed on a date for the slaughter, and the king issued a decree. He sent messengers to carry the command to every corner of the empire. Then the king and Haman <laughs> sat down to have a celebratory drink. When Mordecai yeah. read the decree, he did what all the Jews did upon hearing the news. He tore his clothes, he put on sackcloth, and he rubbed ashes onto his head. Does anybody else think this is weird? Well, it's not normal. Well, it was normal for this time period. I guess she knows. She's a history teacher. Anyway, <laughs> he made no secret of his grief, wailing loudly for everyone to hear. Anyone in mourning was not allowed to pass the king's gate. But Esther yeah. eventually heard about Mordecai's yeah. mourning through others who saw him while passing through the gate at the palace. She didn't know why Mordecai was in such agony, but she sent him new clothes. He sent them back unused. So Esther sent the man in charge of her, actually probably a eunuch in charge of her, to meet with Mordecai, who told him about the slaughter edict and the money that had already been paid from the treasury to make that plan happen. He wanted Esther to approach the king to tell him that she was a Jew and plead for mercy for her people. And the eunuch went back and reported all of this to Esther. Esther was absolutely terrified. No one approached the king without being summoned, not even the queen. This guy has ego problems. Tell him I can't approach the king without being summoned, she told the eunuch. Anyone who does that will be put to death unless by some miracle he extends his scepter to him. He hasn't sent for me in 30 days. There's no reason to think he'd be pleased to see me now. Lame excuse if you ask me. Well, Mordecai agreed he was not going to accept Esther's fearful excuse. He told the eunuch to tell her, do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Harsh. He's not wrong, though. Esther got the point. She could be part of God's plan to deliver his people or not. But God would accomplish his purposes and keep his promises to his people. It would be better to die trying than to sit back and do nothing. So Esther 
sent one more message to Mordecai. Yeah. Go assemble all the Jews in Susa and pray and fast for me. I will do the same with my maidens in the palace. Then I'll approach the king. And if I die, I die. Absolutely baller move. Um, so the big scary day quickly arrived. Esther put on her royal robes and went into the court of the king. The king looked up and saw Esther at the end of the great hall. He lit up with the smile and extended his scepter toward the uninvited guest because I guess he missed his wife after not seeing her for a month. (laughs) You know, actually, uh, (laughs) that doesn't sound like a bad idea. (laughs) I, uh, I kind of, I would kind of like to do that. Just like, you know, one day with my wife, just like, you're not allowed to talk to me unless I have this big fancy stick and I point it at you. Yeah, you should think that through. Think that through. <laughs> so, what troubles you, my queen? The king asked. He knew something important must be happening for Esther. Yeah. To risk her life by approaching him without being summoned. What do you need? Even up to half my kingdom is yours for the asking. She's going to be a little bit uh, sneaky here. Esther bowed low to the ground. I would like to invite the king to a special meal that I have prepared for him if it pleases him to come. And I would like him to bring his right-hand man, Haman. As well. I don't get it. Just wait. The king loved this idea. He quickly summoned Haman. And together they went to a beautiful banquet that Esther had prepared. Everything about the meal pleased the king. So he told her again, what is it that you need? I will do whatever you wish. Up to half my kingdom can be yours for the asking. Were they like, serving wine again? Like, does he hear what he's saying? Is he an idiot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Esther <laughs> wanted additional time to soften the king's heart even more. She asked if he would come to a second banquet the next night, and could he bring his right-hand man with him? The king agreed. Haman <laughs> was pretty full of himself when he left the palace that day. No one else was honored like he was being invited to a private banquet with the king and queen. But his pleasure in his accomplishment didn't last long. So as Haman, as he walked through the gates on the way home, he passed our guy Mordecai. Who still would not bow down to him. And uh, he was just absolutely seething with rage. When he got home, he told his wife about the banquet and how he'd been invited back the next day for a second feast. But his pleasure in the great privilege was ruined every time he thought about that stubborn Mordecai refusing to honor him. His wife and friends sympathized. They also reminded him of the great power he had by order of the king. I feel an evil plan coming. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get to that. Stroking our evil beard. Build a gallows 50 cubits high and ask the king to hang Mordecai yeah. on it, they told him. 
Once that's over, you can go and enjoy the banquet, knowing he'll never get the chance to insult you again. Haman <laughs> thought this was a splendid idea, so he ordered the gallows to be built. Of course he did. Meanwhile, back at the palace, the king was having trouble sleeping. He ordered that the royal chronicles be read to him to lull him to sleep. Proof that history puts people to sleep. You know, I wouldn't be able to sleep on that bed either, so... <laughs> that is a part of the problem. Uh, so the kid... Mm. Somebody want to read my line because I can't find my place. Um... It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Thank you, Mel. Listen to this. The servant read the account of Mordecai's warning of the assassination plot against the king. I don't know why the servant thought that that would be sleepy times. Like, do you remember this time that you almost died? (laughs) Go to bed, bud. Uh, So Xerxes was not lulled to sleep. He sat up in bed. Wait, what, what reward was given to Mordecai? Yeah. He asked. He was told nothing had been done for him. King shook his head. Mordecai's yeah. reward was long overdue. You think? Who is in the court right now, he asked. Lo and behold, Haman Ooh. had just entered the court, having come to ask the king about hanging Mordecai on his, Good call, on his new gallows the next day. <laughs> the king had him brought to his personal quarters. I'll bet he liked that. What ideas do you have that would greatly honor someone the king wishes to reward? He asked his right-hand man. Haman Ooh. could barely keep his delight to himself. Of course, the king wanted to honor him. So, like, can't he just, like, see him and ask? I know. (laughs) It's hilarious. So excited. Let them bring a royal robe which the king has worn and the horse on which the king has ridden. Put a royal crown on his head. Do a full king cosplay. And let the princes lead him around the town on horseback, proclaiming, this is the man the king wishes to honor. And of course, you uh, also have to uh, act surprised. Right. The king thought this was a splendid idea. Excellent. I want you to do exactly that for Mordecai. That's a big one. Oh, bam. Haman, his face went from a brilliant, anticipatory smile to total astonishment. He was surprised, all right. Honor Mordecai? This was his worst nightmare. But there was no choice. You don't just disobey the king. He did just as he was commanded. He led Mordecai throughout those streets, robed in the royal garments and crown on the king's horse, proclaiming his honor to everyone they met. But inwardly, he seethed with hate and rage. Irony is great. I agree. Soon it was evening again, and time for the second banquet. Haman and the king once again enjoyed Esther's Special preparations. As they reclined over a glass of wine, the king asked Esther, What is your petition? It shall be granted you. This is the moment of truth. So, if I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, 
Let my life be given as my request, for my people and I have been marked for destruction. I wouldn't even bother you with this if we had only been sold as slaves, for it wouldn't be worth your trouble. But we are talking about complete annihilation here. And I beg you to stop this terrible thing from happening. The king took one look at his beautiful queen and felt nothing but outrage. Who is planning such a thing? Who would dare threaten my beautiful queen and her people? Esther pointed her finger at the king's right-hand man. A foe and an enemy is this wicked Haman. That's a certified girl boss moment right there. Uh Read it. Read the line. (laughs) She's no soggy bowl of cornflakes. Furious, the king jumped up from his place. Beside himself, he stomped out without a word into the garden. Haman forced himself up onto his shaky knees. He was dead meat. Unless he could somehow beg and receive mercy from the queen. So falling uh, onto the reclining couch, he began to plead for his life. Um, unfortunately, that's when the king walked back into the room. That, um, is a bad look. Yeah, that's not good at all. Optics are not great on that one. Will he even assault the queen with me just outside the door? The king gasped. Seeing the king's fierce anger, one of the eunuchs standing in attendance made a timely suggestion. You know, there is a new gallows standing 50 50 cubits high, that this man built to hang Mordecai. To hang him on. The one whom you just honored this morning, O king. The king saw the ironic justice in this idea right away. Hang him on it, he commanded. So Haman was hanged on the gallows built for Mordecai. And Mordecai was put in charge of the household of Haman from that day forward. The king also sent out another edict, this time to the Jews. It gave them the right to assemble and defend themselves and to destroy anyone who rose up against them. Riders went out to the farthest corners of the empire to deliver the message. The Jews rejoiced, because now anyone who would try to kill them no longer had the support of the king. When the day originally designated for the Jewish slaughter finally arrived, most people in the kingdom actually assisted the Jews and protected them against their enemies. 75,000 enemies were killed in the fighting. All 10 of Haman's... Sons were hanged on the gallows. Sweet irony. Honestly, that's what makes this like a good story. It would have been better with food. It was a great day of victory. The Jews made it an annual holiday of rejoicing and feasting, Joey, from that day forward to celebrate God's protection and deliverance of his people. They called it Purim after the lots, the poor, that were cast by Haman. The celebration of Purim is not just for Jews, although apparently the feasting is, sorry, Joey. Um, It is meaningful to us as Christians as well, because the same God who saved the Israelites back then, again and again, has also saved us. 
We were all exiles. We were all enslaved by sin. Yep. And God came to deliver us from sin and death. When we celebrate Purim, we remember not only this event, but who God is. Yep. And uh, God's pretty, he's pretty great. So uh, the end. Happy Purim, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>